Hello and welcome to the Expat Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Annie. And I'm your host, Steve. And in this podcast, we're going to explore the reality of living life as an expat in Australia and what it really means to feel like you belong. Join us as we uncover the challenges and opportunities that expat life presents on the search for settled. With our stories, tips and interviews, see us as your two friends to help you navigate expat life abroad. Just to let you know, this video podcast series is brought to you by the team at Auric Migration and Mobility. Now, Auric have helped us personally with my visa process to Australia, and we only know too well how difficult the entire process can be if you're doing it by yourself. They have also helped hundreds of our followers, and they're offering our listeners an initial assessment for free. Email them your visa situation, questions or concerns, and they will get back to it no extra cost. Simply mention the Expat Reality Podcast when you email them at migration at auric.com. Auric is spelled A-U-R-E-C. So that's migration at auric.com. Hello and welcome back to the Expat Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Annie. And I'm your co-host, Steve. And we are on episode five, everybody. I can't believe we've actually made it to five episodes. We've we've actually made it to number five. Can you believe that? I'm kind of pinching myself right now that we got this far. I know. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening or watching and for all the messages and comments that you've been sending us on our social media channels. It has been awesome to hear that everyone's enjoying it so far. So thank you so much. In this episode today, we are going to be talking about the things that we actually love about Australia. So in our last episode, we talked about all the things that we missed about England. So we felt like it was very necessary to talk about why we're actually living in Australia and what we love about it. Yeah, there's so many things. I mean, there's there's anything from the fresh air, the barbecues, the outdoor lifestyle, like the nature. There is so much to love about this country. I I, I mean, you know, you could draw up a list of a hundred things. So I uh, I think it's a good time to explore them, get amongst them, and find out what makes uh, Australia unique and special. But let's just um, take a moment here to recognise and um, and to pay our respects as well uh, to the Queen's passing and we're recording this the day before her funeral yeah. um, if you are an expat as well then you're probably you might be feeling a bit like me I've been feeling really homesick since they announced it and um, and I feel very far away from home right now and I've been watching it all on the TV and really wishing I was there and I totally would have lined up for 12 hours to go and pay my respects I know some people may have not have done but I think for me it would have been such a huge moment in history to have done that myself um so you know if you are feeling super homesick as well then maybe this episode might you you know you might find it a bit reassuring to realize why you are here as well but also we hope you find it a bit entertaining because there are some random things that we like about Australia and um and also if you're listening to this and you're thinking about moving over then you know maybe this episode might prepare you in some kinds of way <laughs> well it might prep you for the things that you know you you kind of wonder might be here and uh we're going to imp- unveil them we're going to yeah. unveil them and, and luckily for us we've got an Australian right here who yeah. is very, tips. <laughs> very accustomed to this country so uh, actually it's kind of funny because things that I might find really random here you'll be like oh that's just normal and I'm like what that's so not normal to me but sneak peek think meat raffles <laughs> 
yeah, if you don't know what a meat raffle is, very, very random, but very weirdly Australian. So, and I can't, it's not something I personally love about Australia. It's just something that's well, it's very all about, random. It's all about the barbecue. Now, it's a big step from Tesco barbecues. <laughs> Um, I, I can only think Brighton Beach just like covered in used like barbecue, <laughs> like, you know, cheapo one, one used barbecue from Tesco. No, I just don't <laughs> think that's a cool thing. We do it way better in Australia. We do it properly. Do it properly. Yeah, 100%. All right. I think we should get started to this episode. What do you reckon, Steve? Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's kick off. What do we got? What do you got for me, Annie? What's the... Uh... All right. I think we should probably, I think we should probably talk about space, which is one thing I love about this country is... The feeling of not feeling like you're closed in. This country is ginormous. Like it is so massive. It blows my mind like how big it really is. And actually it makes me wish that I appreciated England and the UK a lot more. Like I've never been to Scotland, which is just mind blowing to me now. Thinking like how far I've driven around Australia and how many times I've done it. And like I've never even been to Scotland. So that I find that really weird. Yeah, I think, um, you know, like compared to the size of England, I think England fits into Australia like, you know, probably like 20 or 30 times Yeah, or it's like 29, I think. Is it really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Well, then, you know, that's there, there you go. I mean, you just think of the distances involved there. And like as we said in the previous episode, going down the road is a vastly different thing here <laughs> uh, to what it is in England. So, yeah, no, the space is good. And I think like just having that expanse in front of you with no buildings and like nothing else around big wide open vistas and you can see like and you stand on a like a mountain and look across you know across a uh, a mountain ranges with no houses or anything like oh, that yeah. on it completely clear you know that's something pretty special i think about here it's kind of i always remember when i first came over with you and we would drive up to newcastle from sydney to go and see your family and it's like once you get to the sort of hawkesbury area and then it just all opens out. And I was, I'd always say to Steve, like, this should technically be like another city right here. And it's not. And it just always blows my mind all the time, wherever we are. I'm like, how is this not another town or another city? Like what you would see in the UK, obviously. Um, so that that's really bizarre, but also amazing to have that sense of space. And when we did go back to live in England in 2018, I really noticed the lack of space then that we had. Well, well, yeah, and like there was one area we used to go up to, like Devil's Dyke. Like there's oh, a nice Brighton. in Brighton. Yeah, there's a nice vista out there, and but still, like you're still looking out over onto people's farms and stuff. So, yeah, it's not not quite the same. I think there's that real sense of being isolated that you know is is something that Australia does pretty well. It's, it's, not, it's not hard. Yeah, for sure. And I also love the fresh air as well in Australia. Like even in Sydney, the air's fresh and. um you know, whenever I go back to London, I'm like constantly need like a shower as soon as I've got in for the day because it's like all the pollution and smog and like you really notice the difference. So then you, you kind of stop and go, wow, actually, we're really lucky where we live, like to be surrounded by ocean everywhere. And it does feel very clean and fresh here, um, which is going on to the clean topic as well. Um, one thing. I'd always notice coming back to Australia. It's like how clean it is. Like we live in Sunshine Coast now and it is so clean here. It's ridiculous. And I remember when we were in, when we did live back in Brighton in 2018, <laughs> I remember 
Waking, I like fell asleep on the beach and I woke up to like a crisp packet flying in my face and I was like, oh my God, like really? Yeah, I mean, it's not very pleasant having to, you know, sleep in other people's rubbish on the beach. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's, it's a rarer thing in Australia. It's not like you're going to see that everywhere. So I, I think people are fairly, you know, they're clean. There's less people. So it's, um, it's, you know, there's not as much opportunity for people to drop a quaver packet. You know. I just find, I don't know what it is, but people in Australia know how to use a bin like properly and uh, which is really lovely to see. And also you don't ever see like chewing gum on the floor. I don't know whether that's just a Brighton thing, but we used to see like chewing gum everywhere. Well, there's little bits in the city, but it's it's a rarer thing. Definitely. What were you saying earlier about people? Oh, pee peeing in the street. You know, like <laughs> why would you do that? Oh, you know, I'm trying to be kind of nice with the whole urination thing. <clears throat> but basically... <laughs> People just decide because, you know, probably the public toilets are not the most cleanly. So you're thinking, you know what, I'm just going to go here in the street. I'm just going to sneak around the bush. And everywhere you walk in Brighton, I had these little wafts of like pee. Like, oh, why Why are you peeing here for? Like, pee at home. Get all pub. There's loads of them. <laughs> you can walk in the door and go there. Just don't do it in the bush. Like, what is that all about? And then like people do all sorts of random things. Like you, you got the kind of, you know, party people like three in the morning they're puking all over the side of the street you've got kind of the stench in the morning of that <laughs> Try, imagine you're trying to walk your dog in the morning and there's a bit of you know leftover party vom just on the side of the uh side of the street i think we're talking very specifically about brighton though, we are, I, yeah. I have been to lots of other villages and towns in the uk uh, that are very clean <laughs> and lovely so that's not a generalization no party vom but it just i've just noticed that more in australia is very clean here which is great um and also that's probably the reason why is because it's not that busy here so there's not that many people um and i always find it so funny like how People always complain about how traffic is like really hectic in Sydney, and and um, I was just saying to Steve earlier, like how um, the I was on like one of the um, Facebook pages for like Brits or whatever, and someone was asking about whether to move to Perth or Sunshine Coast, and then people were like, oh, don't move to Sunshine Coast; it's too busy, which is where <laughs> we live now, and we're both like, what? Like, it's not busy um, at all. So. When people say traffic's really bad, it's not that bad over here, and um, and that's something that's just so obvious. Well, no, I think just on that point, uh, you know, you've got to really plan your journey super carefully. And we did discuss kind of traffic's uh, this that situation in another episode. So uh, yeah, dive back and have a look at our previous episodes where we've kind of dived into the into the traffic scene. But essentially, anywhere in southeast England, like I think if you want to like get out. You've really got to plan ahead. And that's, you know, I mean, it's a little bit busy, like, around the cities in Australia. But, uh, yeah, whole different scene. I remember um, when I'd commute to London um, in the mornings and um, the train stations will always be closed because there's too many people going into them. Yeah. So you'd always be at Victoria just to stand there where the gates were locked, <laughs> like, <laughs> waiting. Christmas time, I remember us being like hunched in shoulder to shoulder, like the people were literally pouring into, yeah, mad, into the stations. It makes and, you realise oh, how many people are in England. It's yeah, insane. Yeah, it was just like we jammed, literally jammed like sardines for like five minutes walking to the tube tube bar station. So it was, yeah, it's just nuts. It was just really jam-packed and, yeah, and it didn't really feel like that was all that pleasant, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing that obviously I really love about Australia, although I have to say maybe this year, maybe not so much, but it's the sunshine and the weather. And the reason why I say maybe not this year is because we've had La Nina. Actually, we've had La Nina for two years in a row, yeah. um, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically where it just literally pulls down the rain nonstop forever. And <laughs> it's 
<laughs> it's been doing a lot of that. Look, I, I totally feel for everybody who's been affected by the floods. It's not pleasant in the slightest to be rained on continuously. We had a bit of a, a pool in our backyard form and could have ta- could have taken a dip out there, I think. But, you know, I think in general, like, it's been pretty nasty. But let's just back off, like, what it's usually like, you know, because I think what Australia is usually like is actually pretty good. Like, it doesn't rain mm. all the time. Yeah. Like, it doesn't rain, like, you know, this constant drizzle type thing. When it rains, it gets it over and done with. That's what we do in Australia. We get it, we get it over and done with. Big downpour, kind of <laughs> finished it now, not just dragging on, dragging no, on. It's just like you a know, little just bit. Stops drizzle, a little yeah, bit. no, that's no, just stop. Yeah, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, in that, in that respect, I think Australia does it really well. You know, we, we have really good weather, I think, generally. And I think also, like where we are now, so we're in, obviously, in Sunshine Coast, and it's September, right, which is basically means it's just started spring. So that's almost like it being the beginning of May, I suppose. Is that right? Uh, and like if we were in England. And today is 26 degrees, which is amazing. It's like absolutely beautiful day outside. Um, imagine 26 degrees in England. That'd be like a very hot day, wouldn't it? But it yeah, well, that's it. It's hotter as well, especially in London. Like if you're in the buildings and everything, there's no like airflow. So you're kind of in there and you're, oh, man, you know, it's not so good. Yeah. In Australia, there's that fresh air. You get the ocean breeze come in. It cools you down. And so. That- yeah. yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, and that is one thing to um, know as well. If you are thinking about moving over here and you're worried about how hot it's going to be, to try not to compare the temperatures because they are not the same at yeah. all. Like in the UK, uh, and the summer just gone, they did have like 40 degree days, which I was a bit like, oh my God, how would you even cope with that? Because 40 degrees over here compared to 40 degrees in the UK is definitely not the same at all. And it is so much hot in the UK because just like you said, Steve, you've got all the ocean breezes. Mm. I don't really know what else I can say in terms of why that is the way, but I know in England, like I'd be wearing a dress when it's like 19 degrees and I'd be wearing the same dress when it's like 27 here but i don't i don't know it's it's a it's a very weird thing i remember like people jamming hyde park as soon as it hit like 20 degrees it was like that's it we're in there tanning <laughs> Not even that it was like 15 and people were doing that you know totally yeah. absolutely and that being said as well is that what it really reminded me is that when you know when i was growing up in england you'd have like your one week holiday in the med and that's that would be pretty much the summer. Whereas now in Australia, you have like summer for like six months and it just goes on and on where now I actually start to miss the seasons and I miss like winter and autumn and everything because we don't really get that in Sunshine Coast. But in general, like summer's way, way longer over here and you get to really appreciate the outdoors, which is one of the most amazing things about living over here is it's very much geared up for the outdoors. So you get well into like hiking and wild swimming. You can even go and surf and and um, you can also go and ski as well. Probably a lot of people don't realise. How many places can you think of where you can like ski, you can surf and you can have a tropical rainforest all in the same kind of general vicinity? Like, well, I mean, yeah, the same country at least. I, I can't think of too many places where that's possible, you know. It's kind of stretching that that much of, you know, uh, of latitude. It's got, got all those options. So, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, and like on my case, we don't have the best slopes in the world, but, you know, it's fun. Everyone has fun out there and they do things the Australian way. 
You know, it's not like the Frenchies and they're choo choo and they get out there and do their Frenchy things <laughs> on the. No, we do the Aussie way. Way, you know, the get out Frenchy there. Frenchy thing. Choo choo. What's that mean? I don't know. I just made it up. <laughs> so, you know, but okay, look, you know, yeah, it's no like it's not a Valdez or anything. So I'm not, I'm, just, I'm not going to pretend it's that. But you know, it's good. It's fun, and everyone just has a good time. And I think that's what skiing is about. But you know, in that respect, can you also bodyboard in France or surf for that matter? Maybe you I think you can surf in France. Would you like to do anything like that? Like you can't go to the beach at the same time. <laughs> Surely not. Maybe. You can definitely do that in New Zealand. I remember seeing that where you you could see like the mountains where you could actually ski at the same time as you could go and surf. Not allowed to talk about the New Zealanders though. We're <laughs> over there. That, oh, that's a quick point on that actually. What, that's a good point. I'll just stop on that for a minute because, you know, the, the, there's this friendly rivalry, okay? you might If you're thinking of moving to Australia, when you get here, you'll notice there's this kind of friendly rivalry like to sort of nudge each other a bit and the New Zealanders I'm talking about. And, you know, I like to give them a bit of a rib and they'll give us a bit of a rib and it's this kind of rib-rib situation because literally New Zealand is quite stunning. It is beautiful and – but they just, they're just not as good as us. They're just not as cool <laughs> or as – they're just not as cool. They're just not as nice, you know. As oh my god! Oh, they're okay. They oh, are nice. I, I may have stepped on some I toes think there. Someone with that, is like digging themselves a hole. <laughs> no, what look. Are you no, it's it's all right. New Zealanders are good. I like a lot. You know, pit pat on the heart. It is pit pat. But talking about rivalries, what's quite interesting over here is there are so many rivalries when it comes to states and cities. Like one thing I learned when we were traveling, actually, I think before we even moved over here was Queensland, v New South Wales. Hang on Sorry, a minute. Jumping in wait, there. wait, wait. It's when people would always ask Steve where he's from and he'd go Sydney, but he'd be like, don't hate me, don't hate me. Because... What we found is that if you said you were from Melbourne, people would like, I don't know what it was, whether it was like. <laughs> there, there is a bit of a funny thing with like different cities. So, yeah, especially if you're, if you're like Sunshine Coast, people look at you, if you tell, your, tell them you're from Melbourne, they look at you with this kind of filthy, oh kind of disgusted look, like why are you here for? Whereas if you say you're from like New South Wales, it's kind of, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, you're kind of cool. So there's, there's this, yeah, there's definitely it's a, a weird range. thing, isn't it? Yeah. But it's, I feel like people from Sydney don't, I don't, I never saw people being like even considering what, you know, other people from other states or cities were like. No one really had anything bad to say about them. There is like a none, there's like a rivalry though, definitely. Like the state of origin is the, the perfect example of, you know, the kind of rivalry and between. Well, it's kind of, okay. So state of origin is a, is a, uh, an NRL kind of match or three matches actually. Uh, basically, you know, the, the two states put together a team uh, and they just, you know, face off and, and kind of, you know, nine times out of 10 Queensland wins. Uh, of course, you know, they're pretty good. So, you know, well, recently anyway. So, um, yeah, so it's just a just big thing. Everyone gets wrapped up in it. So if you're coming over from the UK, it's like you're generally going to pick a side and it's lots of fun and everyone gets involved. So, yeah, it's, no, it's good. Do you think there's a bit of a – there must be a divide in England, I'm guessing, north and south. Yeah, there probably definitely is. I just never even noticed Oh, it. totally. <laughs> Did you ever hear that saying, that never trust a northerner? Why are you talking in Irish Oh, okay, we're making Irish. Never trust a northerner. You know what I mean? Like that. No, trust in all of Oh, my that. God. You're trying to sound like you're from East Enders. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Apples, pies, pears and peas. Oh, Come and grab go. your bangers and mash. Get them while they're hot. Strawberries are 10, like 10 pounds a punnet. That's <laughs> <laughs> so how much they will be now. 10 pounds a punnet? Yeah. <laughs> 10, wow. pounds, 10 pounds. 10 pounds. Well, that, you know, they will be once, you know, <laughs> at the moment with all this, you know, hoo-ha going on with all the pricing and everything over there. Inflation. Inflation is not, not very good. There you go. And that's another point if you're thinking <laughs> of moving over here, inflation. 
like it hasn't hasn't had such an effect on Australia as well. So, you know, things aren't crazy prices here just yet. So, well, you say that Australia is one of the most expensive countries to live in the world, though. Yeah, well, you know, it's not. Yeah, I mean, housing. Okay, I think everywhere housing has an issue, though. Really. Yeah, it does. Actually, I was looking at um, housing in the UK um, recently, just because why not? So I was like, oh, I wonder what we could buy because we want to buy a house right now and saving is very painful. Um, but we're like, so I was just like, oh, have a look, see what, what what you could get. But in actual fact, what we could get over here in Queen, like Queensland housing is, I think is like really good in comparison so um yeah it's quite interesting actually and considering the wages as well because you're bound to earn more over here i would imagine than you would do in the uk so mm, i think so and i think yeah the quality of housing for what you're getting for that money i think yeah as you say is is a much better deal and uh look at you know it may not have the the double you know, like insulation on most of those places <laughs> which we've talked about in previous episodes if you can <laughs> check those out uh yeah there's a little bit to be desired in some of those properties but um yeah look uh you, you do generally get a nicer kind of open plan affair and you know nice backyard and oh, that sort of thing you know what just going on that as well um with housing i can't remember who i was talking to once but they said um that sometimes when british people move to australia and then they then they build their own houses because it's not uncommon here to buy a lot of land and then build your own house and they said that when people would build their house they tried to almost replicate an english house which is where you obviously have like separate kitchen separate living room um you know and and your two beds upstairs and whatever and um anyway they said that when they did that they were not going to be able to sell it as well as they would do because Australians just don't do that sort of housing where everything's pretty much all open plan. So you'd always have like your living room and your um, kitchen all together in one. So they wouldn't be separated, would they? No, that's right. And I think that, you know, people expect that open plan thing here. And so when you have that kind of closed off English thing, which has its purpose because it keeps the heat in and that sort of thing. So and I think you got that open plan, it's much cooler. So mm. that's why people do it, obviously. But, you know, you don't need to do that because it's not chilly. Unless maybe even like, you know, Tassie or something. Maybe it would work down there. But yeah. I think in general, like, yeah, it's probably probably better off with an open plan. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> open plan. Okay, moving along. Moving along. So um, with everything to do with Australia, so obviously you've got all the, you've got the really good weather generally. You've got all the um, ha like active um, outdoorsy stuff you can do where, you know, you are going to be able to tick off loads of bucket list experiences because there are so many the world's you know biggest or largest or whatever it is in the world um things <laughs> i'm not even making any sense okay you've got one of the, like the world's like oldest rainforests here in the daintree amazing like it is absolutely stunning uh you've got world-class beaches we don't need to you know if you've only got to look at with sundays the diving like out on the outer reef is is exceptional um and you've got all these yeah bucket list experiences you can go diving with sharks all sorts of things okay uh snorkeling with dolphins and turtles you've got the world's oldest subtropical rainforest in gold coast gold coast very underrated place i think um just to go off on that topic slightly before so where we live now we live like two hours from gold coast and i always thought gold coast was like surface paradise which is kind of looks like a almost like i don't know people say it's a bit like las vegas in a weird way just, i think just purely because the skyscrapers there which you don't really see in coastal towns in australia um and it was just really known more so for sort of those hen and stag pies and schoolies as well. Do you want to explain what schoolies is? Okay, schoolies. And we'll have to uh, it's have to talk about the uh, the related toolies. But anyway, schoolies. <laughs> 
School is, is like this affair, like all the kids finish school, like in New South Wales and Queensland. And it's like a tradition, literally after school ends, to go up to Queensland, or the Gold Coast in particular, and have a party for like a week, maybe two weeks, if you if you can last that long. But anyway, every, like all the kids come up in droves and they just like literally just invade the Gold Coast, uh, Surfers Paradise in particular. And they'll just take over, they book out all the hotels, they just, you know, go crazy and throw shoes off balconies and just all sorts of imagine like, crazy things you wouldn't imagine. How old so. are they? Are they 16 or 18? Well, you pre- if you're 17 and... Oh, 17 they're 17 months, when they finish school. So, or 18, yeah, around that sort of age. So everyone's 17, 18, they're all like, you know, getting amongst it and that sort of thing and, you know, packing out the clubs. There's also toolies. Now, toolies is something I ended up doing <laughs> because I didn't get to go to schoolies. And they, these are like, you, you know, finished a couple of years later and you end up going. So That sounds really wrong. You're, <laughs> you're, you're missed like out. So preying why, why on not? all these like, younger... No, you're a little bit old, a bit more debonair, you see. <laughs> you know, you're a bit more debonair. And I think you know, all, you, the, all the young kids turn their nose up. What's his toolie? What's, what's he his doing? Old what's his old guy Did doing? I'm make, like three years older than you. you is know, this like, a term you've made up called No, toolies? it's definitely real. You can it's look it up. It's actually a real thing. 100%. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but going back on the Gold Coast topic. So, yeah, before I used to think Gold Coast was just, you know, just full of skyscrapers and a bit soulless or whatever. But actually, now. Having now we're only two hours down the road, down the road, I say. Um, it's really amazing. They've got the, the largest part of the Gondwana forest, which is like three million years old, I think it is, and um, it is a, the oldest subtropical rainforest in the world. It all broke off into sections, all down from it, like the largest part is in Gold Coast and Lamington National Park, and then it sprinkles all the way down to Barrington Tops, which is in New South Wales, which is about a four, five-hour drive, I think, from Sydney, which is also very beautiful. But Lamington National Park, oh, my God, it is unbelievable. You feel like you've gone back into, like, Jurassic Park era mm. or something. It is, uh, like, absolutely amazing. I definitely recommend to go there um, when you do visit Australia, if you, you know, or if you're in the Gold Coast at any time. It is properly amazing. We only talked about the East Coast. We haven't even talked about Uluru or Darwin or Western West Australia. Coast. Like West, West Coast, Coast is amazing. Very underrated. Like Annie, oh you probably you've got a better. I mean, I've only really been to Perth. Annie's done the yeah. the West Coast, and you've got all these reefs. You've got Ming, uh, is it? Ningaloo. Ningaloo Reef, yeah, that's the one. The irony, I've seen more of Australia than Steve. Yeah, but I think you've go. probably seen more of the UK than I have. Well, you bet too, you've been to Scotland, haven't you? I have. I, I do love Edinburgh. Um, Teach that one. Yeah. yeah, so when I was a backpacker in 2006, I travelled around majority of the country and I did uh, went up to WA as well. And the beaches in WA are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Like by far the best beaches in Australia, I think, because they're all like white sand, turquoise water, like it, they're pristine, like really really amazing um on the east coast you'll have um some of the best beaches obviously going to be in Whit sundays um where else is there steve agnes water where we used to live yeah like you've got cairns as well like there's a load of stuff around sort of cairns way that's amazing um well, i mean you've got you know the barry reef oh uh, jarvis bay as oh, well jarvis bay, down yeah. by um sydney that's got the whitest sand in the world um beach and that is really beautiful. Last time we were down there, we were like, 
oh my God, this is like, why do you need to go to Maldives for? And you've got it right here, you know? And, and like, even further south, like, you, you know, you, you're sort of further down the south coast of New South Wales towards Eden and that way. It's super beautiful yeah, down there Bermagui as well. Yeah, Bermagui and that. Yeah, Bermagui, lovely. Yeah. It's all beautiful. That's the thing. And you're just like, oh my God, where do we go today? Like, I haven't even talked about like Victoria, like all the amazing like, you know, places they've got. The, what's it, Wilson's Promontory down there? Yeah, there? but you know yeah. what though with Victoria, I have to put my hand up. We've not really done that we need to do more that's definitely on my list and when we have been to melbourne we've both been like oh god we should have moved here because it's it's got that very sort of more of a european vibe to it and it's a bit more like it's quite hip and like a bit more i don't know well, i think cafe culture is the word and i think that cafe segues culture. nicely into one of our points <laughs> um yeah look like australia does something really really well and that's good coffee i am a, co a coffee connoisseur um, bad coffee disappoints me, upsets me, makes me feel grumpy. Now I don't <laughs> like that. I like good coffee. I like a bit of zing. And one of the one of the things I often ask when I go to a, a cafe is, um, you know, is this gonna is this like a zingy coffee or is this kind of, you know, I need ten of them just to like kind of wake up. So I like to know this. I like to. I'm a bit of a like a caffeine geek. So. Um, Caffeine geek. There you go. Well, everyone just say that apparently Australia does the best coffee. Here's a little fact that you might not know about me. I have never, ever drank a cup of coffee in my life. Ever. Oh, oh, that's just. Never did it. Blasphemy, that is. My mother told me from a young age, she's like, never drink coffee. Oh. I, she said, and it just drilled into me and I just never did it. So I've never drank coffee. And I don't I'm, know what you're missing out. I'm wondering what I'm drinking right now. If you're watching, um, I'm drinking a cup of cacao. It's a cacao. 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 But I don't know. <clears throat> Actually, uh, let's just pull up on that as well very quickly because if you have a, a combination of of coffee and <clears throat> cacao like in the morning it's awesome because like you know you have your caffeine kind of bump early and then that the you know you've got your cacao coming on sort of you know <laughs> you've <laughs> got <laughs> you've got your cacao sort of you know doing that extra sort of uh extra sort of pick me up further further along so they're a great combination i highly recommend them yeah it's good cacao i don't know i got onto it a while ago it's a bit like hot chocolate um, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> we're digressing here. <laughs> we digress. Um, but going on to cafe culture as well, the one thing that does always baffle me is why there are always massive queues to get into a cafe for breakfast. Who wants to queue to get into a cafe? People cannot wait to pay like 17 bucks for like Avo on toast. Are you talking about, no, but come on, it's way more than that. If you're in Sydney now, I bet you'd be paying about $30 for Avo 30 bucks for Avo on toast. Mad, Jeez. madness. But, but, you know, there's a reason why these cafes are like busy because well, they're obviously very good. They're making this special bread where they put like, you know, buckwheat from, you know, random kind of organic farm in, in far away Mozambique, you know. Like it's 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 sort of like they, they, they try to like puff it up a bit and charge their, you know, 30 bucks for, you now it's 40 bucks. I don't know, crazy amounts of money for <laughs> You know what I feel like, on toast. especially in Sydney, people have gone from queuing up to get to nightclubs to now they're like queuing up for cafes <laughs> instead. It's like the whole reverse yeah. because like that is a thing that I think we have talked about before is like, you, you know, you want to try it when you live here. It's a weird thing where you want to, like, I feel like I want to be actively pursuing to be more healthy. Another thing that I really love about Australia that I didn't know didn't know about until we moved over here um uh how everyone is very invested in the whole caravanning situation oh caravanning oh yes now uh, pretty very close to my heart I think caravanning is awesome you get back to nature you've got the barbecues it's a communal feeling it's just this kind of it's a very Australian thing 
You know, you, you've got your caravan, you've got a little slice of home you can take with you wherever you go. You just plonk up and you just have, you know, this gorgeous vista, a nice beach. You, you can be as secluded as you want. You can be as kind of, you know, packed in as you want. It's your choice. Totally up to you, super versatile. And I'm not the only one. I think most of Australia just loves caravanning. It's it's a big thing here, huge. And also picnicking as well. I'm, I think I remember the first time we were on the beach and I saw people and they bought they bought their own table, their own tablecloth, their own cutlery. It's like they brought their own t- like their own dining table to the beach to have lunch. And I and I'd never seen that before. And I was like, what are people doing? <laughs> like, why have they not just gone to Tesco's and bought a crappy barbecue and put it on the beach? When Australians like, you know, when they do the outdoors, we do it well. Like there's no they messing did around. So well. Very well. We bring all the comforts. There's nothing left, you know, to the to to want. Like it's all there. You want to bring everything you've got like people like will invest a lot of money, like a lot of money to deck out their caravans and have all these little special compartments that fly out and you know, you do your barbecue over here and your shower over there and your kind of fridge over here and your oven over there. It's like they'll everything like you can think of that we'd you have in a house, like is with you in the caravan. So there's You've completely self-sufficient. You can put solar panels on it, radio, like have television, everything, everything you think of. They did, yeah. and it's it is so amazing to see. So, so when I think of a caravan park in England, it makes me think of an episode. I don't know if you know this, but it's pl- a pl- like an episode of the Inbetweeners. <laughs> and what? I just I, like there's an episode where they're in this like caravan park, and all this stuff happens, and it, they've got this really dreary dance situation. It's it's uh, you just go and check out the Inbetweeners. In the oh, okay. Episode. It's really, really funny, and that kind of made me think of it. It's just kind of like a, a holiday that's not really a holiday. It's like dad wants it to happen, but it just doesn't really ever take <laughs> off. It's just super, like, dreary and raining, and everyone's just, like, staring at each other really blankly and, like, there's nothing to do except sit in your caravan. And, you know, oh. that's completely opposite to what it is in Australia where you've got the outdoors and everything's just beautiful and awesome. And yeah. the camp, the campsites are always in really amazing places over here, aren't they? Like, you find some that, like, are right on on beautiful secluded beaches um if i could just name a couple that you should totally go and check out first one comes to mind southwest rocks oh yeah that's like um gosh how far trial is bay jail is a good one as well that like, is that's in southwest rocks oh is that southwest rocks? yeah <laughs> trial bay jail is that next door to it is it yeah that's I there did not know that. well, there you go. that's a that's an amazing one agnes water where we um used to live they've got some amazing campsites there as well oh yeah they're all like incredible though, yeah. aren't they? Like that's even, even down the road here where we live, like just near Malula Bar, like there's a, like you can pretty much camp on the beach or, you know, you've got you pull up your caravan, away you go and you're and right that, there. That's why a lot of Australians do it because it's way cheaper, isn't it, than yeah. like staying in a hotel. And you can just imagine like the, the better quality time you're going to have with your family, um, like camping than you would do being in a hotel. I can totally understand why people invest in the whole camping thing over here because it is so cool. And that's why, like we said before, like how a lot of people at Christmas, they'll just escape the cities and they just go up the coast or down the coast and go camping Yeah, like the Christmas holidays. You have to book ahead like it's super busy and people will like reserve the same spot for like 20 oh, they years. they do, don't yeah. they? You have to be like, you know, they'll have their spot and they go, oh, Dorian, oh, yeah. I've been here for 40 years <laughs> since we were married. You know, like you'll have that sort of thing going on, you know, like they're very specific, got to be that like oh, that yeah. one spot that's yeah, yeah. Doreen's always liked for the past 20 years. So. <laughs> 
That's so true, though. Oh, yeah. But um, oh, also, um, if you didn't know, if you go on the uh, National Parks website, whichever state you're in, um, there are free campgrounds as well that you can pre-book. Um, but you just have to book them well in advance as well. And actually, I think on the National Park sites, especially the ones in Jarvis Bay, I think, um, you there are like a ballot as well. So you have to like... It's actually like a lucky dip, really, on who's going to get those. Wilson's places. Promontory is the same as well. Like you need to. In Victoria. Yeah, in Victoria. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we'll leave a link in the show notes um, for an app as well. It's super handy. I can't remember the name of it right now. I think it's oh, yeah, there Campsites Australia or something like that. I'll, I'll leave a link in the show notes. But super useful app. You can just dial up like camp spots around Australia. So super handy when you're, um, yeah, trying to sort of, you know, travel around and find a find the nearest available camp spot. Um, you know what else is really cool about the whole holidaying thing is, you know, even though being an expat, you feel like you're super far away from the rest of the world. In actual fact, we're, we're at, way closer to some really cool Asian countries as well. So like I remember when I worked back in London in 2018 and someone had gone to Bali on holiday and everyone was like, oh my God, Bali, it's so exotic. Whereas yeah. although I've not been to Bali yet, like I don't view it as somewhere as exotic because you're like, that's where all the Australians go on holidays. It's like all the Brits going to Spain, for example, you know, and whereas you wouldn't, if you're in England, you wouldn't say, oh, you're going to Spain, that's really exotic, would you? Um, but it makes you realise actually we're not we're not hugely far away from lots of countries like Japan and Thailand and Indonesia and, and lots of all the um, uh, islands in the Pacific Ocean as well, which are South, super cool to go Southeast Asia is like right on the doorstep. And as you say, like the Pacific Islands are right there as well. Um, Japan, Indonesia is massive. There's loads to explore. Thousands of islands. And you can get some super cheap flights like pre-COVID. I remember they were doing like return flights to Hawaii for like 300 bucks or something, which is mad. But I mean, obviously that ain't going to happen right now because flights are crazy expensive at the moment to fly anywhere. We were looking to go back to UK at Christmas, which I really, really wanted to do because I've not been back for three years. And last time we were there, I was like, right, we're going to come back every year for Christmas because as I've said before, Christmas in Australia, it's not great for me anyway. And um, so I was like, right, we're going this Christmas. And then we've just looked at flights and they're like, how much do they sit? Like five oh, pounds yeah. or something. Um, I've got a bit of a like a, a like you know, a, a philosophy or a kind of a way I kind of find cheaper flights. And it's all about looking for hubs. And if you know the hubs, you can kind of pick which way to go and how to get it cheaper. So, uh, yeah, messages. So I can probably maybe shave a little bit of cash off your fare if, if you're interested. So Steve's a genius at uh, finding flights. He's like, I've got it. Like when we went, we went to Italy and Greece and um, when did we go in April, May? And we booked it kind of last minute and we got the flights for like a thousand dollars return, which is really good. And I'm so glad we did that. Even though we did it like with an airline, that's probably not as desirable as other airlines. I liked it. I think <laughs> Scoot is the name of the airline, by the way. And they are amazing. They're actually you know really what? good. I thought they were I would, great. I, I honestly totally, thought they were great. I would totally go with them again. Well, you and I, we, we're not really fussed, are we? We're like... I'll just do it because it's only like a day. You could put me in the baggage hole and I'd be just <laughs> fine. As long as you've got some air conditioning, that's fine. Uh, so, you know, like I, I'd, I'd honestly do that if I was going to save money. It doesn't it doesn't fuss me. <clears throat> and I think, I think like one of the things now is like for me when I used to travel a bit more is that, you know, changing continents would be like, you know, 700, 750 bucks. And like you could get all sorts of fares for that price, but it, it just, it's not, it's not the same thing now. It's all changed. COVID, COVID uh, changed all it? that. Well, even since I, April, May, when we got those cheap flights, 
there's no way you're getting that now. Like no. the airlines have all just gone bananas and it's just so crazy expensive. And I have heard lots of expats have got in touch with me to say that, you know, they don't know what they're going to do for Christmas now because they were going to go back to the UK just like I was, well, like we were. And then now we're like, huh, yeah, do I really want to be spending like, you know, we'd be spending like 10 grand like between us just to get back there before we've even, you know, actually experienced that trip. So, um, yeah, it's quite interesting when you start to go, right, well, what else can you do in your Christmas holidays when you don't want to stay at home? Um, but luckily enough, there are some amazing places you can go and visit. And um, recently we watched this new movie called Ticket to Paradise, which is uh, with George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Um, that's where they're meant to be in Bali, uh, watching their daughter get married to a Balinese dude. But it was actually filmed in the Whit- most of it was filmed in the Whit Sundays, um, which really made us sit back and go, wow why do we not go up there more often? Because this is like super beautiful and we don't need to go and travel outside of Australia to land in paradise in a sense. Yeah, like totally true. And I think a lot, well, some of it was filmed on on Tangaluma Island, which is just off the coast of, uh, of Brisbane as well as a few shots from there, you'll notice. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, all, all up and down the coast of Australia, some beautiful stuff. So if you can't get out of Australia, like if it's just too crazy expensive to, to get out, which, which by the way I, I found because I tried to get – Flights to Singapore and it was crazy expensive. Yeah, just getting out of Australia was the hard part. Just that? getting out was the hard part. And like, every, if once you got to Singapore, where, wherever else you wanted to go was fine. So you know, th- the thought would be, well, look around because there's loads of cool stuff here to see. Um, as Annie was saying, like you know, all up and down the east coast is amazing. Um, and you know, you, you can probably even drive there if, if you're willing to do a bit of a longer drive as well. That's so cool to drive. We've, done, we've driven up and down the coast quite yeah. a few times, haven't we? And there's some great little hidden gems to visit as well. Cardwell and like, oh yeah. Do you know what? Actually, going into that, once you get from sort of Townsville area up to Cairns, oh my god, yeah, the wild swimming spots and waterfalls up there are mind blowing. Mm. Like you feel like you're in like a Disney movie. It's like insane like the the pools are crystal clear like turquoise you can see to the bottom you're in surrounded by this rainforest like it is absolutely amazing up there and i think that sort of tropical north queensland totally underrated to what you would ever imagine so just going off on that i remember the first time we went up there together and we stayed in Port Douglas and we went there for five days and it was in July. Because if you go to tropical North Queensland, the sort of season to go usually is between July and September. So that's like dry season. And then if you go um, up at Christmas, then it's a wet season. But we've done both, right? So when we went up in July, it rained like five days and we stayed in Port Douglas. And we didn't really do anything, did we? Because we were like, it's raining. So we just sat in the hotel room. And that was really before we were like, what got properly invested in like exploring <laughs> and stuff together. And there's some interesting characters in that hotel. I'll just have to jump in there. there? Oh, there was. Like, well, no, actually I'm thinking, well, not in Port Douglas. Actually, I'm thinking of the, the interesting characters we, we had um, in uh, Palm Cove when we were there. What do you mean? Yeah, we stayed in Palm Cove. We had some interesting characters. Remember we went to the acai place, yeah. Yeah, there's and there's like like a family of like people with dogs and stuff. Anyway. What? You're making no sense. I am not. I'm, I'm making perfect <laughs> sense. Moving along anyway. But um, so, yeah, and then the second time we went up, we went up in uh, Christmas 2020. We were meant to do a big, long trip around um, New South Wales and Victoria. And we had it all planned out, couldn't wait. And then someone got COVID in the northern beaches in Sydney. And back then it was like one person gets COVID the whole 
state goes into lockdown. And so, which is kind of mad now when you think about that, but you know, that, that at the time there was like 10 people then got it. And so they were like, right, we're closing the borders. And because we, we were living in Queensland at the time, we literally had to drop everything. And it was really sad because it was the day before your birthday. And I remember us having to say goodbye to your mum and your auntie, like, you know, from across the lawn. Oh, like, Bye. That was terrible. I was like, hi, oh, I'm sorry. I've come all this way, but I can't, you know, I then, can't yeah. even like give you a hug or anything. Oh, it was Christmas time. So heartbreaking. I had to like package up like keys and stuff into a bag. So I didn't physically touch them and all these sort of things and oh it was it was really hard and then we had to literally like get back over the border and we had like 10 hours or something to get back over the border which we did it but um when we got back into queensland we had all this holiday time and we were like well what do we do with it and so straight away i was like we're going out to kansas let's just do it we're just going to do a road trip and so we did and i'm so glad we did it because it was amazing and even though most of the time it did actually rain when we were up there it didn't spoil it it actually made it even better because because when you go into a rainforest when it's raining, it like it instantly all comes alive and it's just magical. Like it's so beautiful. So don't be put off by seeing rain, obviously, in a straight, because there's still you can still get out and see lots. But we went and found like all these like wild swimming holes and like, oh my god, some of them were just insane. Do you remember that one near Mission Beach? And we went like I randomly found it like hidden on the internet and we I was like, right, Steve, we're going to go and find this little swimming hole. And it's near Mission Beach, um, which is like an hour from Cairns. And we were driving down this road. And it was like a residential road. And Steve was like, we're not going the right way. And I was like, well, apparently we are. So at the very end of this road, we came to this car park. And then when we got, and then we were like, oh, maybe this is it. And then we got out of the car and there was no one else there. And we walked down a little bit. And then it just opened up into this absolutely pristine and amazing swimming hole and we were like oh my god like this is unbelievable like yeah, how have we found super this? beautiful like the crystal clear waters and you know you're, you're you're kind of just like thinking wow i can't wait to get in there and have a nice swim and get amongst that nice flowing water yeah, it, was it was insane super lush the yeah. light was just beaming down onto it and there was not one other person there mm. um and it's called alligator's nest i'm gonna reveal it oh that one i thought you meant a different one that's even better actually that, the one she's <laughs> one talking about is like even way better i thought it was a different one that i thought was kind of a bit ho-hum but no way. <laughs> the one that he's actually talking about because when she said residential area I'd... it was it was a residential yeah no area. when you talk about it's amazing alligator's nest yeah that's epic if you just said alligator's nest she would have had me there oh well it is it's yeah. proper amazing um so there's no alligators there by the way yeah. it's, just, it's just called that because you know someone named it and so. i think that's the kind of confusing thing about tropical north queensland because there are obviously like crocodiles up there and everything so you're like oh can you swim can you not like who knows what you can do but the swimming holes should be fine but um, obviously on the beaches, especially around Port Douglas and uh, the Daintree and Cape Tribulation are a no-no. I know that for sure. Yeah, stay in the nets. Like there's some nets there anyway. Like you can, they'll, you know, once you get past kind of Townsville area, I think they just do nets and stuff. So yeah, you can just swim in those. But there are good. some proper like underrated places, I think, around Australia, especially like Rockhampton as well. Rockhampton, that is a proper gem around there. Like a lot of people probably wouldn't stop, but there are some really beautiful places around there. There's also the Rocky Muster as well. The what? The Rockhampton do like them. Although, or actually, well, that's another point, actually. Not necessarily Rockhampton, but throughout Australia, there's like musters and there's, there's stuff where they have like a, a B&S ball. That's something completely unique What's to that? Australia. Hey? What's that? It's a Bachelor and Spinster's ball, Annie. <laughs> like, that's what they do. Like, you know, you get there and you're kind of guys and girls. 
Oh, BNS ball. God. Did you not know about this? I didn't know what that was. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Like, it's like a rodeo, like, but kind of not. So it's like, you know, you have bachelors and spinsters, they come together. It's like traditional country town thing. You know, it's in Australia. Well, yeah, true, true story. It's like, well, I, look, I'd have to, I, I'm not going to pretend that oh I know God. the true Is origin of this. Like- so in England you have like young farmers, yeah, like young pro- farmers do. Is it like that? They're just basically the oldies are trying to like marry off the kids. So they're like, go along to this kind of BNS ball. Maybe you'll meet a bloke. Maybe you'll meet a girl. And you know you live happily ever after type thing. And they used to kind of set them up. Look, you know, as again, I'm not I'm not going to pretend I know the history, but you know, there's a definitely a unique thing. So if there's a BNS ball or a spinsters ball or a radio, anything like that, and you're spotted as you're travelling in Australia, jump on in there, don't waste the opportunity because it is unique and it is something (laughs) that is definitely Australian. You will definitely know you're in Australia there. We had a look at a road over Mockhampton, didn't we? But it wasn't on at the time, but I was like, wow, this is amazing. I felt like we were like in like Texas or something. That's what I was looking for was a rodeo originally when you looked at me like, what are you talking about? (laughs) But anyway, so yeah, like rodeo, BNS ball, they're all fun. So get along to them. They're super good and very Aussie. If you want to have that really unique Aussie experience – you can't, you can't beat them. There you go. Yeah, I, I think that's a thing as well, actually, just talking about the rodeo stuff, because I remember being out in the outback when I drove from Darwin down to Alice Springs and and um, Italy and um, and seeing people, like, almost dressed as cowboys. And I was like, what? Like, why are they dressed like cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't even realise it was a thing over here. Yeah. But we are probably digressing here off our, <laughs> yeah. off our topic. So what have we got next? I think, <laughs> I, you know what, I just totally digressing completely off that topic is customer service. <laughs> How cool. <laughs> That's a great segue. Do you love that segue? <laughs> so, no, no, well, you know, like honestly, okay, I'm just, I, all I can say is that, you know, the experiences I've had with customer service in England just haven't been the best. Um, I had to call immigration and honestly, like, this is when I was applying for my visa, and it honestly, they felt like that was just, I was wasting their time, and I was just asking regular isn't questions. That, hang on a minute, isn't that the norm for all like governments? Any type, like I, I had, I think I was calling the bank as well. Like I called the bank a few times. I've called like you know telecoms. Don't get me started on telecoms. Like oh my god, anyone to do with like a phone thing, it just does not want to know who you are. So you'll call up and you'll be, you know, like oh yeah, I've got a problem with this, and like. Oh, thorough to hear that. I'm like, yeah, like that's that's really. Can you help me? Yeah, probably not. And I'm like, oh, well, can, please can like just put a teeny bit of effort in there. You know, well, I, I remember in England we'd go to the shop and be like, oh, "We tell me this is that." Yeah, but don't tell it. You should go to this place instead. And we're like, should you be telling us that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they're, they're very forthcoming about where to go and get That's stuff. That's so like, funny, wasn't it? But, but no, I've, look, I'm just going to – sorry, I just have to say like customer service in Australia is very, very good. I, I think, you know, comparatively to England. I, I think it may be a little bit too much though. Like, so yeah, no. I, it is a little bit. Like yesterday I went to some shops and I was trying on some clothes. I, like, I really don't like it when – there, but over the, I just want to have oh, my yeah. own space oh, and yeah. get my stuff, try it on. You walk in, they're like, hey, how you going? And you're like, yeah, all right. Like, <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm just trying to really, look around. But you're like, you don't really want to know how I am. But no. yeah, okay. Because when I first moved here, I'd be like, yeah, how are you? And they'd look at me like, what? You're actually asking me a question. <laughs> but then like, you know, you're like, okay, I'm just going to have a look. Like, and then they come back to you. Do you think I can help you with? You're like, no. But <laughs> they might looking. not ask you once. They might come back a few or different then, shop assistants will do that. But then you're, you're like, okay, I've got the stuff I want to try on. You get into the changing room. Literally 30 seconds second, thirty seconds later, they're like, oh, how's it looking? And you're like, oh, my God. Like, and then I, then in my head, I'm just thinking, I just want to get out of here because 
I feel really pressured yeah, now yeah, yeah. But and that, it's not a fun experience. That's two different things. And I think I think you're very much confusing the I don't care with the like can I help you 50,000 times. <laughs> There's two very different like approaches here. I think I think personally I would much rather have the kind of person, that, you know, that kind of leaves you alone and then just <laughs> – <laughs> they just like you, you kind of look at them and they kind of come over and go, oh, yeah, it's going to help you. That sort of thing's fine and, you know, that's how it works in a shop. But when you're calling up on the phone and, you know, there's no kind of opportunity for someone to go, can I help you? Because, <laughs> like, we're already in a conversation. So so when you're on the phone, I think people in Australia definitely care a little bit more than people in England. They're just going, oh, yeah, no, I don't, <laughs> don't know about that. And it was like, you know, oh, like, can you put me into someone who doesn't? No, I, you, know, you know it's what? like, like <laughs> I don't know. It goes both ways. I've had, I the, really I've do. had some. I have had some over here be similar. And I feel like just saying, can I speak to your manager? Like, do, are you even fussed about that? And they're like, no, it's not here right now. It's like, oh come on, you know, like at least get a little bit worried or scared that I'm going to speak oh, to your boss God. and catch you out doing nothing. You know, like, but no, they're not fussed. They're not fussed at all. You know what else I really like about over here? Is that public transport is so cheap here as well? Because, yeah, true. You know, you can go from Sydney to Newcastle. It's two two and a half, maybe three hour um, train ride. Um, on the weekend, and it's pretty much free. Like you don't even have oh, to pay for it. Oh, it's not. It free. is. I think it's free, isn't it? Or it's like. As if you've got like a weekly opal thing. Yeah, it's or like two dollars or something, which is crazy because you do that in the UK and you're paying like seventy five pounds, if not more, for that sort of. We can thank journey. Maggie Thatcher's. Isn't that crazy? Responsible though? for that story, like, and um, and as I said before, like you know, when I was commuting to London, I was paying like for, it was over five hundred pounds a month for that ticket. So that's over a thousand dollars a month to sit on the floor on the train to go oh, to work. And we've spoken in previous episodes. Well, I have anyway about the situation with the leaves on the track, and I just think the driver not turning up because he's in the pub, all that sort of stuff. Like. <laughs> You know, the, the the transport thing in Australia is way better. I think, you know, there's there's not – as Annie said, you're not paying like, you know, 300 pounds just to go down the, you know, literally 100 kilometres. Uh, well, I wouldn't say it's better because there's way more options to get to places, I think, in, oh, in the yeah, UK. True. Like here, like, you know, you can't even get to Bondi Beach on the train here which, from Sydney, which is mad. Um, well, you can go to, you know, like you can go to Bondi Junction and get a bus. Yeah, but yeah, but Bondi Beach is probably like the most famous place in the whole country, and you can't even get to train down to it. Yeah, which but is who wants mad. a station like on the beach? Like, why would you do that? All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> I'm just saying that there's more options to, for public transport. Like even up here in Sunny Coast, you like if you flew into Sunny Coast Airport. You'd have to get you'd have to get a taxi or hire a car to get to Noosa yeah. really from the airport, and that's a, probably about a forty minute drive. So uh, no, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Look, it is very much more oriented around cars, and that's a that is a you know it could there could be more public transport. I do uh, point taken, point taken, but I think in general, like the price that you're paying for it is is certainly much better, and I think uh, you know yeah you're not sitting on the floor and there's, the driver turns up and there's no leaves on the track. So for me, it's a winner. I, can't, I really can't argue. There you go. Um, let's talk about one of your favourite topics in the whole world, Steve, which oh. is that you – one thing – actually, someone was saying to me recently, they went back to England, and I asked them about this topic, and they said they didn't see any, which is uh, breweries and uh, craft beer. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you for letting me uh, chime in on this one, Annie. <laughs> um, 
I thought you were going to introduce it all. But anyway, one of my favorite things about Australia is craft beer. Okay, I'm a bit of a craft beer nerd. I love my hops. I love my malt. And I love all the jazz around that and, you know, different combinations and people like doing weird things with it. I love all that stuff. I love going to a brewery. And we have some awesome, spectacular, like, breweries up here in uh, in, in Sunny Coast. There's I've been all over the country there's awesome breweries. There's loads in Melbourne. Everywhere. Sydney Awesome well. ones in Melbourne. Heaps of good ones in Sydney. Brisbane, they're everywhere. Yeah, and you have these really amazing – and it's, they're like a family thing. Like, it's not just blokes turning up and, you know, getting nerdy over beer. There's, there's like you – know, everyone's, everyone's welcome. And they have like food trucks and everything. And they're like a little, some of them are like a little festival in a sense, aren't they? Like, or totally. like a little family thing where, you know, there's one up here in Sunny Coast called Torella and it's, um, they've got like a little farm animals there. They've got the food trucks. Yeah. It's like a little day out. Well, that, that brewery in particular, he does a full eco thing where he, he recycles the beer water and like feeds the plants and all like, all the, that's what the, uh, the feeds carbon. the animals as well with it. The carbon dioxide coming off of the, the brew goes in to feed the plants and he does all really cool stuff with it. Torella Brewery, if you want to check that's it out. That's very cool, that place. Yeah, but there's there's loads of people doing all sorts of stuff like that and I think I didn't notice so much of that in England. I, I In fact, I all I knew was like, you know, you've got Heineken imported from, you know, Amsterdam and Fosters. <laughs> no one drinks. <laughs> I'm glad we brought Fosters up because, you know, Oh, cat just urine's just not the sort of thing I'm really that interested in. So, you know. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's the second episode about, we mentioned. What about Fosters. Stella? Do you like Stella? Well, I, I, AKA a wife beater. A wife beater. Yeah, no, yeah. that's not a good look. But, you know, I've, I've had some nights in the Stella. Haven't beaten any women yet, so. What would be your, oh, Steve, what would be your choice of drink in England? Um, oh, I'd probably, oh, geez. Okay. Huh. Oh, my gosh. I thought you would that's know. A good, that's a good question. I thought you'd be oh, like, bam. what would I normally drink? No, it was, oh, what would I normally drink in England? I think I actually drink, drink Foster's in the end. What? <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. No, no, I, I, honestly, I honestly think I actually drank Foster's. You didn't. But it doesn't taste oh the same. Oh, my God, you've been harping on about how It doesn't taste Foster's. the same. It doesn't taste <laughs> the same as what it does. No, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't taste the same. Because in Australia, it's really bad. <laughs> Can we just edit all this out, please? This is terrible. This is really bad. Oh my god, this is so going on to our social media. <laughs> no, I didn't drink. No, I didn't drink Foster's that much. I just that had much. it like rarely. Um, but I can't. I, I can't for life remember. I I do know the Red Stripe was like probably oh, was god, like the Jamaican beer. One. Yeah, that was pretty good. What about oh, oh, Corona? Oh, and, and the Polish one. Oh, Corona's no way. I wouldn't feed that to the dog. Corona's terrible. It's really like this kind of hyped up brand what about thing. Salt is salt the same as Corona? Oh, salt's all right. It's not. Yeah, you know they're all that stuff. That like you need to like. I don't know. I just I'm not a big fan of that Mexican beer thing. Next time we go back, we'll have to do a little thing where we can find out what is your favourite beer <laughs> yeah. in the UK. Pale ales, that's where it's at for me. It's all about pale ales and hops and lots and lots of them. So, you know, if you can find something super hoppy, I'm there with bells on. So I mean there's just such a wide, vast array of, of really good craft beer here. And just on that topic, this is a question I probably should have asked you a very long time ago, and that's just popped into my head now. Is there a difference between lager and beer? Is it the same thing? Or what? Not? Of course. It is the same thing. Well, it's like saying, you know, like, what's the difference between Jupiter and air? Like it's they're two different things, like completely different things. They are different things. Well, no, lager is a type of beer. Oh. Yeah. Because I, like I've worked in pubs before. When people would say beer, I think they'd mean like 
real ale. Oh. That's that's why I ask you. Well, no, because well, lager is usually like cold and bubbly and stuff. So, I mean, you have the, you know, you have your traditional ales which are like warm and gross and shouldn't be drunk at all. Like Guinness sort of thing. Well, no, Guinness is cold. So. Oh, I don't know. Did you work in a pub? Yeah, I have worked in loads of pubs. Anyway. Whoa. Yeah, I know. And Australia. feel sorry for anyone who drank there. Sorry. No, I was pretty bad. <laughs> people used to, when it used to get busy, people would be like, are you serving? I'm like, no. I'm, like, <laughs> not I'm sorting out the dishwasher. <laughs> I'm sorting out the dishwasher. Is that your line to like, what did someone else serve? I know, when we used to do cocktails, we used to do like cocktails on a Monday night. And it would be like oh, two I've for one. Oh, I've heard this story. Yeah, how does this go? Tell me this one. There used to be two for one cocktails. And people would come in and be like, are you doing cocktails now? I'd be like, no. Nah. <laughs> just because I didn't know how to make them. <laughs> and then when I worked at the bar in Thailand, and it was like, we were supposed to like remember what, how to make all the cocktails, but I used to just make it up, and people would be like, they'd order cocktails, and they'd have it again, and they'd be like, oh, that tastes different. I'm like, oh, did it? <laughs> completely different shots in there. <laughs> I was like, didn't put the same thing here. Like, something about a lucky dip every single time. Yeah, just <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Well, you should have named it your own drink, Annie's Lucky Dip. I would have totally capitalised on that. That would have been my thing. I would put a sign up saying Annie's Lucky Dip over here because that's totally cool. I would have done that so well. That's awesome idea. Oh, Especially in Thailand. No one's caring anyway. <laughs> well, that's what Probably I thought. Everyone making out with ladyboys at you know, 3 a.m. Oh, my AM. God. <laughs> the amount of times you'd see that. Wow. Gosh, I remember this one. I've got to tell that story. Oh, I think he must have been about 24 maybe. And he came in with his mates. He was so excited. Like, you know, you could see it was his first time in Thailand. And they were drinking buckets early. And in Thailand, you know, if someone starts drinking buckets early, oh, it's going to end really bad. Yeah. And it must have been about eight o'clock and they were on the bucket. And I was oh. like, oh. And later on, he's back in the bar. And he's, you know, he's what time? What time's later on? I don't know. He was wasted, probably about one o'clock. Oh. And... Um, and anyway, there's some lady boys that was being in the bar all the time, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and, um, and when the lady boys starts chatting him up and he's like, oh yeah, you know, all good and everything. And but I don't think he realizes it's a lady boy. And then later on, not, like it must have been about five, six AM in the morning as we're like about to close. And he comes back and he, oh God, he looks so <laughs> horrified. Uh, Did he disappear thing. with the lady boy for a bit? Like he's or about like... to pass, yeah, he's about to pass oh. out. He was absolutely wasted. I felt really bad for oh, him. Oh no. Maybe he woke up and didn't remember. I don't know. But um, oh. yeah. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> but you know. You scrub, see, scrub that one out see, to memory. Yeah, that's yeah, for geez. sure. But um, in case you're wondering <laughs> what a lady boy is, if you haven't been to Thailand. First of all, go to Thailand because it's amazing. We both love it. We actually... Yeah, we, we, we've got a lot to say about Thailand, but that, we'll leave that for an episode. We actually probably got together in Thailand, didn't we? We did. How yes. on earth did we get on to talking about ladyboys in Thailand <sighs> when we're talking about we things digress. we love about Australia? We were supposed to be talking about meat raffles. Oh, Woo! my God. Love meat, meat raffles. raffles, yes. So you did mention that at the beginning of this episode. So I remember the first time I came to Australia with you and we were sat in your local pub and then, you know, they get onto the little loudspeaker, don't they, in these pubs and they go... All right, everybody, <laughs> meat raffles about to start. And I was like, what? And he looked at me with his like puzzled look like she had no idea what so a meat what raffle was. So what are you about? And then, but then they'd bring it around. They'd bring round this tray full of meat. Oh, look, like everybody, meat, if you've seen look, everybody, tray. this is what you're going to win tonight. And I was just like, it's just a, <laughs> I was just like, it's a joke. I don't know what, like, what? I don't understand what's uh, going on. It's like someone's gone to like, you know, the frozen section of like, 
coals or something and picked up loads of frozen meat and gone, here you go. Oh, you <laughs> saw a bad meat tray. So your first meat tray experience wasn't like super high remember. quality. No, no. Well, I don't oh, know. I just remember it being really. You were scarred. I just thought it was really weird. I was like, we're in a pub and yet they're bringing around a tray of meat that you can win. Like that's kind of odd but hey ho that's the thing over here that you they do meat raffles i can't say it's something i particularly love about living here but it's something very random about definitely i didn't spot any meat raffles in the uk that no, definitely wasn't definitely, something that was done it's in a not pub. a thing but i mean come to think of it there's no reason why you wouldn't like you know you could get your tesco's barbecue and just like pop down and <laughs> throw on a couple like pork sausages or something you know it's possible it's doable no one's brought maybe that's an idea maybe that's a new thing for england you know what I do love about Australia? One thing I got very excited about the first time I went to this place, I'm going to talk about everyone, it is... What? <laughs> show bags. That oh, used to show. show bags. Show bags, everybody. Oh, my God. If you don't know what show bags oh, are, love show best bags. thing in the whole world. So they have the Easter show in Sydney, obviously at Easter time, um, where they do like a load of range of stuff there. So there's like fairground rides. They have like wood chopping championships, kind of random. But they also, the main reason why everyone goes to it is for the show bags. And <laughs> <laughs> we went, we didn't even have kids, but we were like, which one are we going to get? And we'd walk around and suss out who's got the best show bag. And it's basically like a bag full of loads of toys or random stuff. Okay, now let me just give the Australian perspective here, a bit of, bit of background <laughs> story on this whole thing. All right, so the whole thing, the Easter show started like as a farmer's meet where all the farmers would come into the city with their produce and they'd kind of, you know, show it off to all the city folk and they'd sort of, oh, look at this big pumpkin you've grown, Roger. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite how it started. And they'd have these competitions to see who had the biggest, you know, watermelon or something. That was honestly how it all kicked off, right? Farmers revving each other up to see who grew the biggest thing. Anyway, that kind of moved on and they brought cattle along and who's got the biggest, like, you know, you know, looking, uh, you know, bull or whatever. Anyway, so that went on for a bit and then it kind of got, you know, a bit more city-fied after a while. And you had in the end, you had this kind of situation where they brought rides in and it got all kind of, you know, fairy floss and hot dogs and battered salves. If you don't know what a battered salve is, we'll get into that in a minute. Oh, what is that? Okay, you can't. Just tell me that. We're, 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 you know, we'll, we'll digress into bad and save land in just a moment. So, so anyway, so anyway, along come show bags and show bags revolutionise everything because show bags started off originally as a sample of the goodies that all the farmers would have. Anyway, so these samples would be like, you know, oh, here's, here's like a few tomatoes and, you know, maybe here's like a little slice of the massive ginormous pumpkin that Roger grew and you'd have all that stuff in a bag and then it was all of a sudden like, okay, let's let's jazz these bags up a bit and started putting chocolates in them and all this sort of stuff and they kind of won out at the end of the day. So all of a sudden you've got chocolate bags everywhere and all of a sudden the chocolate bags got to gag bags. Don't ask me how that transitioned, but there was a gag bag transition that oh, was what? huge. Gag bag. Oh, seriously, it was awesome. So what you do is like they had all these things called gag bags and they were like, you get a, oh, I remember this as a kid, I used to love them. So they had like, you know, whoopee cushions? Yeah. Yeah, they had whoopee cushions and the little, oh. the Wrigley's chewing gum where you'd kind of like, oh, would you like to have a, like a <coughs> chewing gum, the thing you'd like snap oh and God. grab your finger I thought you were stuff. talking about gag, like as in like some sort of like, oh, like BDSM. A or, no, I thought it was like BDSM sort of thing. I was <laughs> like, what? Now. What are you What about? are these to show? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. <laughs> What about? Oh, I don't know where a BDSM like <laughs> thing got in the Easter show. Like that, that's not that's something I would have put in the same sentence. I don't sentence, understand what you're talking. <laughs> I'm not. How do, I'm almost going to transition to battered sabs from there, but I feel like it's kind of 
<laughs> Maybe not the best director. Well, we'll leave the battered stats for a minute. Moving along with the show bag stuff. Anyway, so you'd sit at home and you'd look at all your like the potential bag that you could choose, and everyone was saying, right, well, I'm gonna get the Cabri bag, get the like the crazy, <laughs> crazy joke gag bag. And then you had like all these other ones, secret spy agents. They had ones where you have like in little toy like weapons and stuff, which now these days seems like totally un-PC. And they had all that sort of stuff like swords, <laughs> like plastic swords. I would not give my kids a plastic sword bag. Like, no. It was like, you know, He-Man bag and everything. That was huge, He-Man bag. And they'd you'd see kids like, you know, bashing each other over the head with these plastic swords. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically. The image of that in my head just ingrains the child. I'm like, why Why anyone thought that was a good idea? Like, oh, let's give kids like a bunch of like, you know, plastic axes I can smash each other in the head <laughs> with them. Like, that just seems nuts. Anyway, let me, let me just finish this. <laughs> anyway, so so – Kids were getting all these bags. They're getting nuts with them. And, you know, and that's how the whole show bag thing came about. So, um, and then, <laughs> I, look, it was a huge thing as a child and it's something I'll always remember as, as kind of an awesome time. But the, the history of the battered sav. Now, now, a savloy is a sausage and that gets dipped in batter and then deep fried. That's a battered sav. Oh, oh, yeah. I see. That doesn't go in the show bag then. That's a whole separate doesn't thing. doesn't go in the show bag. Right, okay. I just want to move on to that because you're curious, <laughs> you know. And then, well, then hang on. Then after that, you, you it's called a Dagwood dog is when you dip it in like tomato sauce at the end. Oh, I've heard that, yeah. Dagwood dog. Oh That's very old. <gasps> Should I talk about what else I love about Australia? I forgot even, I forgot all about this. What? Oh my God. When you go to cinema. What? Choc Tops. Choc Tops? They don't have Choc Tops in England. No. Really? Choc Tops, best thing. They, of course they have Choc they Tops in England. They don't do Choc Tops in England. Oh, rubbish. They, they do. Of course they do. Do they? Yes. No, they don't. They do, Annie. They don't. It's they not do. a thing. It's not a thing. Oh, we're going to have people writing in about this. Well, I think the listeners should tell us whether it's a thing Do or you not. think there's choc tops in England at the movie theatres? I do. Not, it's not. Anyways, if you don't know what a choc top <laughs> is, it's an, it's it's like a pre-packaged ice cream. But is it pre-packaged? No, well, they, they usually make it. Like authentically, they make they'd it. make it in-house and they'd, they'd buy their ice cream and cones and like dip it in there and stuff. They so. dip it into chocolate and then the chocolate hardens over the top. Yeah. And that's like a, a very standard Australian uh, cinema experience. Oh, totally. You have to get involved in. But you either chocked up within like minutes of being in the theatre. So yeah. I don't, it's like kind of one of those things that everyone's like, oh, I'm going to get my chocolate and stay up to halfway. It's like no one's ever going to get an, like a choc top and eat it in the middle of the movie. Who, who said that? Well, I don't know, but sometimes you might have that vision. Like you're going to have the the pet, like the, the <laughs> inner strength to maintain till the middle of the, but of course it would melt by then. So it's no <laughs> you know what, You know what else I love about Australia? What? What's Bunning, Steve. Ah, oh, Bunnings. Sausages. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Sausage sizzle. Extremely Aussie thing. I don't think there's anything like I mean, I can't think of a hardware store in England that would have like sausages. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> if, I don't know if that's a thing, but hey, hey. Um, yeah. But it's, it's a, like it's not, it's, I don't remember that as a child. It's a new thing. It's like it's not. Kind of, yeah, it's I not. Like, that was always like oh, a tradition. No, 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 no way. Oh no, it's never new. Yeah, it's like probably last ten years, probably. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Sausage sizzle. It's basically just like sausage and piece of like bread with some ketchup. Yeah, well, you know, all the charity guys, the Lions Club, they all do that. They all get down there and yeah. Um, sometimes you get the old kid who's you know been a bit been a bit naughty and he gets a bit of you know, to do his spare time. I have to do a bit of community service at the Lions <laughs> Club, so he's like looking all grumpy because you know. But it's really nice, and you see those sort of like volunteering initiatives. I think it was really lovely to sort of see that sense of community as well. Um, <clears throat> and then just going on from shops as well, I've got to mention one other 
<laughs> you can't. We can't have a thing about what you love about Australia without mentioning the shop, everybody. And I'm sure the people who live in Australia will know what I'm talking about right now. Can we have a little drum roll for this? Go on, Steve. Do it. Okay, there's a. Kmart, everybody. Kmart, no, that's ridiculous. Kmart. Are you serious? Shop I drum roll for Kmart. Shop of shops. Oh my god. It I can't is. Did that. Kmart is. <clears throat> when we move back to England, see, I think. That, no, 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 <coughs> pull it, sorry, I know you're not going to like me for pulling you up here, but, but look, it's definitely aimed at women here. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but as a guy, Kmart, no, not my thing. All right, so. When we moved back to England in 2018, that was the one shop that I kept thinking of all the time. And I was like, we need to go and buy this. Oh, we need to go to Kmart. And I was like, oh, no, it's not here. Where do I go instead to buy this from? Because, you know, you've got Primark in England, which is fantastic in a sense, but um, they don't do the same stuff. So it's not like, whereas in Kmart, you've got a bit of clothes, but then you've got loads of homewares, loads of sportswear, like makeup it's just lots of random stuff all together in one place and it's like super cheap and you know none of it lasts very long it obviously all falls <laughs> apart within like i don't know one wear or one use or whatever it dissolves but, when you put it into the wash like it dissolves into something like all the stitches just fall out like but it's much. like a, it's like a necessary shop in a way to have really yeah for sure i feel so, like I, I feel like i rent things when i buy them from kmart like it is a bit like that isn't it? i feel like i rent like if i bought a shirt i'd rent the use that of that shirt once. for a period of time. Probably only. Probably only not exactly very sustainable, let's face it's, it. It's far from sustainable and probably not something that's <laughs> helping the planet in the Which slightest. we don't buy clothes from there anymore. No. But it's a great place to go if you want to buy like a birthday card or something. Because I, I just want to say, buy, I find buying cards in Australia is really hard to find good cards. I don't know why, but like in the UK, there's always like loads of card shops everywhere. And over here, it's oh. really—I don't know why. I don't know why, but you, you I find got, it really difficult to find cards. You've got W H Smith, so that's like you know they're everywhere. In the UK, yeah, not here you know. No, the only time we see W H Smith here is at the airport. I get so excited. Oh my god, you get Sydney Airport, you see W, and you're like, oh, it's like a you're like a home. celebrity, like Annie. Yes, we know, it's and Annie does mention that all the time. What when we see W H Smith? Well, oh, just any it. any English shop, really. It's exciting, isn't it? Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, I just want to mention one other shop as well, which is Aldi as well in Australia. <laughs> Aldi's actually pretty good. Well, I remember saying to my brother about Aldi and he was like, oh my God, why would you go there? Because like, in England, Aldi is definitely not on the same level as the one in Australia. So if you do move over here, it might be worth checking out Aldi because the food is way better quality than what you get back home. Like we'd buy stuff in England from Aldi and it would last like a day and it'd be all mouldy and I'd be like, oh my God, why <laughs> did we buy that? Portslade Aldi, I have like vivid memories of, uh, of yeah, of, of like seeing this kind of manky looking fruit and veg and <laughs> I was like, I would never eat that. I would never wish my enemy to eat that. Like, you know what else though was good about the Aldi over here is, you know, the middle section where you have all the random stuff you can buy, like the random, random sort of household things, like the what you get over here is actually really good and the stuff that they were telling the uk one was never really that good so mm. you can get some great items especially for camping in australia you can get some really good camping equipment in that um, middle section you know when you walk through and you kind of like yeah that's that kind of selection section yeah always really good We've got mm. good iron from the like yeah definitely trust the audi yeah, selection i would Probably more than Kmart, that's oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And um, so don't underestimate that one at all. Definitely. 
Right. <clears throat> oh, well, we have covered a lot. I, I think we, we've uncovered a lot of really awesome things about Australia. <laughs> I, there's like so much. I mean, everything from craft beer, the open spaces, we've got like waterfalls and lagoons and customer service is amazing. Like there's so much, so, so much. So craft much. beer is awesome. And then we managed to talk about, somehow, we managed to include lady boys into this topic. Lady boys got in there somehow. <laughs> Don't ask me how they got there. <laughs> But it's really random. I'm hoping that you're liking the randomness as much as we are because that's pretty much what you're going to hear more of in this uh, podcast series for sure. And if you like what you hear, please review. Leave a review wherever you're listening in Spotify yeah. or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Please leave us a review. It'll uh, it'll help us. It'll help everybody else as well find us. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, because we, we just love to share stuff. So that'd be good to share with more people. And please subscribe as well, because when you subscribe, you'll be able to find out when our next um, episode is now live as well. Um, we are obviously sharing that on our social media channels as well. So you can follow us um, on Instagram, which uh, our handle is called the Expat Reality Podcast. Um, and you can also follow our main account as well, which is the Londoner in Sydney on Instagram. Um, and so follow those and you'll be able to find out way more information about our new podcast episodes coming out so thanks so much for listening to our episode today and we will be back next week with another brand new episode that's right be good to you be good to all of you and be well be well cheers bye bye everyone